Bring it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. Philadelphia's standing away. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going. Devin Smith got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh! for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. Yes, it is. Happy Monday, Buckeye fans. Good to be with you. Back for another week of action. I'm Timmy Hall, and sitting right here to my right, my friend and yours, Tyvis Powell, everybody. It's good to see you, man. Good to see you as well, Timmy. How was your weekend? Weekend was pretty good. I mean, it was, other than the Buckeye basketball game, which we will certainly tap into here in the first hour of the program, the Columbus crew doing what they did, Mm -hmm. that really helps. I feel so good for the diehard soccer fans, the season ticket holders. I mean, you know me. Me and you, we are not... We are not soccer fan 1A here on the station, here on the fan. You know who those guys are. You know the T-Bones. You know the Brandon Beams Mm -hmm. who give you the soccer podcast. You know who they are. And I I feel better for those guys that really pour their heart and soul into cheering for that team. And to think about, I I mean, seriously, how the bloodsucker Anthony Precourt was trying to snatch this great team from our city, (laughs) couldn't do it. The Save the Crew crowd mm-hmm. was so loud they could not be ignored. Yep. Kept the team here, and not one, but two cups since that happened. It's incredible. What a weekend for them. Congrats. Man. You know what it had to do with what contributed to that win was their pre-pre-pre-show that they had going on here at 97.1 The Fan, where myself and the great Ryan Baker, the touchdown maker, was able to... You know, talk about them before they and give some insights of the game, didn't we, Ryan? We good we job. Look, look like great analysts. Good job, boys. We were smart and went to the guy that we knew who knew more about the crew than anyone, Chris Dorn, and we got we got ready for the game with him. Got to see a championship on Saturday. Got to see the Browns win on Sunday. Chris was fantastic. He was fantastic. I was here. I was watching the second half because I was preparing for Ohio State basketball. And I got it right here at my fingertip. I thought the call of the goal that made it 2-0 for the crew was just, it was spine tingling. Take a listen. Magby's got it. Middle third of the field. The captain plays it short. Finds Amundsen. Big ball through to Yaoyaboa on the run with a touch and a finish. And a goal for Columbus! I mean, everybody that watched can envision that through ball that seemed to be like 40 yards that didn't get more than two feet off the turf. Mm. That went right to Yaboa, and he pounds it in for the humongous goal that was everything the crew needed, and they go on and they win, and they're partying deep into the night. I, I tweeted it out again yesterday. I thought the imagery of their player, Aiden Morris, who was just standing out in the middle of the pitch when the stadium had emptied, rain pouring down, and he's just soaking it. Literally. So- literally. <laughs> Soaking it in. It was unbelievable. It was true man in the arena type of stuff. I like how you huh. I like how you did that there. I didn't so, even know what, so what I was walking in. into. No, I mean that's if somebody got a picture of that, that's something that he should put in his man cave and hang up forever. It made me think of what you guys did in 2014 and the fact that this city is having a parade tomorrow, I think is what every town waits for here in ohio certainly you can think of 
what the Cavs parade looked like. Oh, they had like two or three million people down Spectac- Spectacular. You couldn't even move. Spectacular. I, was, I mean, I was so bummed that I didn't get a chance to go to that. Right? And so what I'm saying is when you guys won the national championship, you had a little party and a get-together in the stadium. And I'm sure when you guys got off the plane, fans were there. Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, they're there to greet you. But I'm I'm saying all that's well and good. But as I'm looking at photos of the, the celebration behind you guys, it's, it's completely empty. If you don't have the camera <laughs> angles right, you're not putting 110,000 in the shoe. But if you have an announced victory parade and you go on a route, well... That can be incredible. That, I think, is what you wait for, what you live for as American sports fans. The victory parade. College sports needs to get on that train. The next time it's done, Ohio State, whatever sport, football, men's basketball, I mean, are you kidding me? Need to have that parade. I think he has missed out on that. Ah. Yeah, I would have loved to have a parade, but I thought the Columbus, the fans of Columbus did a really good job. I mean, before it was actually magical. Before we left to go play the game in Dallas, you know, they lined up outside the Woody and, you know, we shook hands there and we went through a whole flea, a whole crowd of fans with posters screaming for us and stuff. That's fun. That and then when cool. we got back from Dallas, I feel like we got back we're late and they were out there, man. It was unbelievable. They were out there and it was, it was really a good moment for us as far as the parade or the celebration inside the state. It was cold, Tim. <laughs> we, you, at that point, it was like, let's do it and get it over with because it was freaking cold out there. I don't think that matters. I don't think that matters were you one there? bit were when you? you're talking about celebrating your team's national championship or league title. I don't think the cold has anything to do with it at that point. We should wait until springtime. No. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) You do it right when it's done. I'm looking at some old photos of your party at the shoe now, and the right camera angles do look pretty awesome. I mean, the entire lower bowl is filled. You had the stage set up sort of with the, the open end, the horseshoe end of the stadium, in the backdrop. So that's where nobody was sitting. Mm-hmm. Where if you have some shots of you guys at the podium that you have set up, it looks empty back there. But no, it's it's not. I'm, I'm looking at the a photo of a skinny-faced Joshua Perry. He is behind the podium there. It's amazing just how, how different you guys can look just years after your career. You know, life comes at you fast. You know, you, you get old, you get married. Start having kids. It happens. And, and, and next thing you know, you put on a couple of pounds. <laughs> right. Hair starts right. growing in on your face and you just look totally different. <laughs> and you guys don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Certainly talking about you or talking about Joshua, it's not like you guys are thick. Josh, That's not where it is. Josh is pudgy. I don't even, I don't think, think I would call Joshua pudgy. He's pudgy. You think? Yes, he is. I don't think he's not a fake. He's built like a linebacker, which is what he is. Not a fake. He's pudgy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's make sure this gets. I hope he's listening right now, Joshua. I'm trying to stick up for you. This is just a natural progression. I'm the one that brought it up, though. I'm the one that said, "Oh wow, look at how look at how skinny Joshua looks in his face." Should the Buckeye Show tweet at him right now? (laughs) Joshua, do you think you put on a few lbs? Joshua, five years, yes or no? Joshua's put on weight, but Joshua has a really good job he's a great guy too yeah he he eats at the finest establishments (laughs) yes and 
maybe he's not working out like he used to, and it happens. I'm thinking that you, being the defensive MVP of the national championship game, would have been one of the big guys to speak if you were having the parade that ended at the certain spot and then you get like the Jason Kelsey type of fanfare where mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to dress because he, lo- he looked like he was straight out of Mardi Gras. I don't know what was going on when Jason Kelsey did that thing, but everybody remembers wh- a little bit about the speech and just how crazy he got with it. But did you, I'm hoping that you took the podium I don't that remember. day. I actually don't remember. You would remember, so you didn't. I don't remember. Th- then, then the answer is no. Because you remember, really like to talk. Does I'm, not, he? Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big talker. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm a straight shooter. I get right to the point. I would have thought <laughs> you would have been one of the first guys. I mean, no, I see Evan Spencer up here too, I standing next to Urban, hoisting the trophy. I don't recall if I spoke or not. That's well, actually that, funny. Then you, you must not have. I know a I, man doesn't forget something well, like that. Well, I know I spoke after we won it all. Yeah, at the game. At the game. At the yeah. game when the uh, after the confetti had uh, dropped. Because obviously you were the that, defensive MVP. Yeah, yeah, you had to give a speech. Boy, now you know, this is. I actually was. What I, you know what? Wish I had that audio this right is, now. This is classified information, but I it it took everything. You know when this is the thing, Ryan and Tim. You learn a lot about yourself when you get your moment in the spotlight. Okay, <laughs> and. It took everything in me not to troll Jameis Winston. I really, it, it, I was this close to just going out there because Jameis Winston had this speech where he said, <laughs> he goes, they said, I said, we said, you strong? Then we strong there. And I promise you, when I got that mic in my face, <laughs> I was you so were, ready to say you that. You were thinking it? I was really about to say that. And it took everything in me to be like, you know what? Let me not do that. And it's funny that in the biggest moment of my life, one of the biggest it, moments. Okay, you're talking about the thing of his that went viral when he was at FSU. Yeah, he went to the locker it room had, and gave a speech. Had nothing to do with yeah. something against the Buckeyes. No, 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 it no. Just, it yeah. was funny because yeah, it was James <laughs> showed everybody and then again and again and again in the league with the eating the W, right? And then yeah. <laughs> Gotta eat that W, right? He's was, a weird dude. It's sad that even at the highest stage, I'm still a silly, still jokes. I'm still a <laughs> You're thinking about mimicking Jameis Winston when you've had your ultimate ultimate moment as an athlete. Yeah, it was. It's sad. How can I troll Jameis today? It's sad that I, I I've grown though. I think I'm more mature now. Twenty nine year old Tyus. How would you have done it? Would you have kind of like roped Oregon into it? I you tell know, you what, Oregon. You know, you what? think you're strong all week. <laughs> me and Vine came up with a celebration. If we was gonna pick Marcus Mariota off, I was gonna tell him to hang ten because of uh, the Hawaii thing. Yeah, because so, so, all Hawaiians surf. I was gonna do it, but I then Eli Eli stole <laughs> my pick at the end, so I couldn't do it. Hang ten, Marcus. <laughs> What is? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. Since we're on that subject, one of the more memorable things about your championship was the Heisman contenders and the Heisman champ Mm -hmm. that you beat. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and as a defense, as a defense too. Really fantastic to be able to do that. We did a really good job. I mean, the game plans was great. 
the the Melvin game plan. I mean, we kind of stacked the box. The Amari Cooper one was the diff, the most difficult one because that key, that guy is really special. I understood why he was a Heisman finalist. And Marcus Mariota, he's, he made some plays, but we was able to overcome him. We have a beautiful show lined up for you guys tonight. Why are we going to be keeping our eyes on something that doesn't really affect Ohio State at all anymore? We will tell you why next. Tyvis is in tonight. It's the Buckeye Show on the Fan. Big voice guy here to remind you that you're listening to The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Okay, thanks. I have three more seconds. Uh, and Buckeye Talk and the latest updates on Ryan Day's beard. You're listening to The Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall, Tyvis Powell. No freaking clue about the neck beard right now. Kind of in no man's land here on December 11th. Ryan, hope the beard is thick, thick and full. I think I'm not going to cut mine until my birthday. I want it to get really thick. It's patchy right now. Beards always look the same. It's always been the same, Tyvis. I got to let it grow. You've never shaved the beard ever since I've known you. That's a lie. I'm, never t- I'm sha- telling you. I've never clean right. shaved I would just, it. No, I'm, I'm just not like doing to know. that. I just like to know one time what it's like. Ryan, you too. Ryan Baker's producing tonight. I've never. Bearded man. I like to see a bearded man clean shaven. I appreciate Reeser, Eric Reeser from Bishman Friends. Came in today, Mm-mm. poof, no beard. And I told him, I said, oh, look at me, you know, more facial hair than you. And then I joked about myself even and said only until five o'clock because that guy would outgrow me in a five hour span, even from clean shaven. I have not shaved my face since the second week of August 2015. Totally razor shaved, clean face. I don't plan on doing it anytime soon. So you would never use a blade. You would only use a beard trimmer. Well, I worked at UPS for like five years, five and a half years, and I had to. Like daily, I had to be clean shaved. Oh, that was policy there. You could have a mustachio, but that was it. (laughs) A mustachio. (laughs) Well, do it then, man. Honestly. Looks bad. No, looks, you just got to do it. Looks like going, super troopers. I'm going for the caveman look until I turn 30. My birthday's in February, so until I turn 30. How far out do you think you could grow the beard? Have you experimented well, before? No, I haven't. I actually always, I always get to a point where it's like, eh, let me just shave it down a little Man, bit. It's the one thing. Uh, yeah, I'm interested. I need it's, to try it. Well, I'm not going to be on TV, so. If you could give me any... You know, personality, it's not a personality trait. If you could give me any ability that I don't have now, something mm-hmm. I don't possess, mm-hmm. but I would like to, it would be the ability to grow facial hair. You want a beard? Real facial hair. You and know, I might not choose to keep it, if you but go, I want the chance to know. You can go to Turkey and get like the, in the hair jerk. Turkish, surgery. I can get Turkish you, you can facial get the, implants. Get the surgery where they take the hair <laughs> off your head, the back of your head. Okay, and what happens? It. Like they, well, they're going to take hair that yeah, is fine? It's, it's going to grow back in the back. Yeah. But they're going to put it in places yeah. where you can't get it and it'll be good for life. I. Because it'll grow. I think that sounds good. If you could, if you could give me some reading material <laughs> about that so I could see some, some examples. Of how this has worked for men like me that can't really do much in the facial hair department. It's just disappointing. I looked into it for a hairline. You're pretty self-conscious about the hairline, aren't no, you? No, the hairline is great. It's not the hairline. It's the thinning of the hair. That's, so, that's where, I, where my so problem we, lies. When were you on last? Were you on Sunday or Saturday? You're on Saturday, right? Saturday, we're with Brian. You, you guys are on Saturday. Yeah. So 
we're we're in the car. We popped you guys on <laughs> right at the top of the show. And Sarah's in the car with me. Jack's in the back seat, and I'm, I look over at Sarah and I say, "You hear Tyvis talking about his hair right now? Do you hear what he's saying about his hairline?" It's not the the hairline has always been in the same spot. And I said, I, I just said they're in the car. Keep telling yourself that, Tyvis. It's Ryan. <laughs> Have Ryan. you seen the picture? I'm about it's to say, amazing. You didn't see the picture? Hold on. Let me. Hold on. This is what the pic- picture of him when he's a kid. Yes, actually, yes, with the high hairline. With yeah, it's Look amazing. Look at that. Stop. He it had, has, it he has, has a five head it too. <laughs> it has a move. Did you put that out will, on will social you, media? Will you tell the listeners that my hairline? Okay. Has All right. That's that's out of left field. <laughs> That's out of left field because you see a man with a receding hairline. He's going to tell you, "Oh, my hair's fine. It's just, uh, it's just got a big forehead." Yeah, okay. Your hair's disappearing. Find a way to cope with it Thank because you. it's not going to stop. Thank you for for clarifying. You got the LeBron James going on, no, I don't. even as a kid. <laughs> Advertising space, oh, man. The, oh, it really hasn't been there. Yeah, I know. please tweet that out. I tweeted it. They don't need to see. Oh that. man, come on. I'll work on him, folks. I'll work on him. <laughs> Hey, uh, this this deal here with our former starting quarterback and a wide receiver who was one of the highest rated recruits ever in Ohio State football recruiting history had some injury issues. Certainly didn't pan out to to meet that five star expectation that mm-hmm. was there on him. But very nice player when he's been healthy and on the field. Yep, Kyle McCord and Julian Fleming, possibly a package deal here. They are set to visit Nebraska this week, both of them. And this is interesting because when you look at Matt Rule being just a second-year head coach with Nebraska, and some would say already with what he's done, there's a little bit more excitement and promise as opposed to when the golden boy Scott Frost, the frosty boy, was there who just was stuck at four and five wins his entire four-year run at Nebraska. If he was there four or five, who gives a crap? But Ryan Day and Matt Rule also have a professional relationship that goes back to all the way back to 2006. They were both on Al Golden's staff at Temple. That's going back there for a connection. But the other thing is, is Rule is an offensive guy. So Mm -hmm. this is something that you would look at connections being made. He was a former QB coach. He was an offensive coordinator as well. So this guy really has an idea of what he is looking for with offensive talent. And clearly he knows all about what the Buckeyes have been able to do offensively being in the league now. I mean, well, when when you hire him, this is it's kind of what you get, you know, when you hire. <laughs> so, no, great line. He, uh, <laughs> this if he if they decide to go to Nebraska, you know, one they they would know, be familiar with teams in the Big Ten because they've played their entire careers in the Big Ten. It'd be nice for Nebraska to be pretty good again. Um, I think that they would instantly upgrade their wide receiver position and their quarterback position. You know, although Kyle McCord received a lot of flack for losing the last game, he was a he had a decent career, a decent season as a quarterback at Ohio State. I think the problem is everybody's used to what happened before him. The quarterback play before him was so much better that it made he it diminished what he did this season. I think that him going to Nebraska, him and Julian Fleming, they can be a really good duo duo there um they would probably help nebraska get to their six wins for sure just from the play of those two alone um 
And I think Matt Rule has a good thing going. You know, when I did the Big Ten tailgate show there, you know, it was a good vibe there. The players seemed to be really into what Matt Rule was doing. The fan base was really loved what Matt Rule was doing. And they were one game away from being bowl eligible. So you can plug those two guys in there. I think they'll win you a game because I think Julian Fleming can be a really good number one wide receiver. I, I think those would be wonderful gets for them. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said with where their program is and where they're trying to go. Mm-hmm. I think just getting a recruit like Kyle McCord in the first place, he's a five-star recruit. If you think about Nebraska going out there and landing a five-star recruit and whatever is kind of buzzing around out there about Dylan Rayola, some wild stuff. But if this happens, you have someone who is here and now and ready to go and ready to advance your football program a couple of steps in just one season. And you're talking about a guy that took over. And this, this again, this is why it was better than Scott Frost, but there's also some things that caught Scott Frost his entire run in Nebraska, and he never improved upon it. You don't want to put it on rule for year one. They had four games that they lost by just a field goal. Four. And they lost four in a row to end. It was 2017 to Michigan State, 13-10 to Maryland, a 24-17 overtime decision at Wisconsin, and then 13-10 to to Iowa, last game of the season. That's brutal, but they were five and seven, so something it, to build they, on they're to close. next year. They're close. I mean, they're they're a lot closer than a lot of people think. You know, when you get a when you get a new coach, very seldomly they go in there and they just knock it out the park the first year. Right. It always takes right. a while. And we know that I said it wouldn't affect Ohio State. Really doesn't. No, not at all. They, they're leaving. Yeah. They're gone. They're not a part of the team anymore. They would be playing at the shoe, which would make that a very interesting storyline. Mm-hmm. If Kyle McCord is indeed their starting quarterback, why wouldn't he be if he went? And that would be Saturday, October 26th, Nebraska at Ohio State next year. The Buckeye men's hoops team lost an 18-point second-half lead, then lost the game Saturday at Penn State. How concerning is it? We'll tell you next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Three dudes who will make you feel like the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, we aren't swaggled, you good. Bishop and Friends. Weekdays from 9 to noon. The Fan. <laughs> Stickers on helmets make us happy. This is the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall, Tyvis Powell. Hope you guys are having a fantastic start to your week. The Columbus Crew, MLS Cup champions. That's insane. Third time in league history. That puts them alone in third with three cup championships. And now we're pretty looking, awesome. Looking for a fourth. Looking for a fourth and to be able to do it at lower.com. Honestly, I think that was one of the, the top, top sports days in Columbus history. The fact that it took place in it town could, yeah. and the environment Mm-hmm. And if you got a chance to be out and about, even if you didn't have a ticket, but talking to so many people and talking to my parents who live down there and just walk outside and just be where the, the vibe is that way. Mm-hmm. It just it, the whole thing was surreal to see the city like that with a championship game, not just in town, but in a part of the town. I mean, Yes, like we love the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. but the whole reason that they wanted to get the new stadium built, we could all understand the reasons for that. Yeah. Everything is sort of fitting in. The puzzle, the pieces of the puzzle are fitting in over there in the arena district. Right. All your great venues, bars and restaurants. Mm-hmm. It's just tied in so perfectly. We feel so close to it here at the, yeah, the right. Fan and 10 TV like studios. Right down the street. It's just throw a football. <laughs> I mean, if we had a Vortex Howler, give it to John Elway, he could throw it over 315. <laughs> John Elway. And he could, yeah, he threw it 115 yards, Tyvis. I don't know if you knew Uncle that. Rico. 
Uncle <laughs> <Man>. Rico. <laughs> Football over the mountains right there. So uh, just awesome. Just an absolutely awesome weekend. Uh, the fish just stopped by and he said, hey, hey, boys, did you see what was happening with Cam Ward? And that, that got us thinking about where are we with this Ohio State quarterback situation? Yeah. And Cam Ward is making a visit. He's going to check out Miami. We're talking about Kyle McCord and Julian Fleming going to take out or check out Nebraska. And we just haven't really been seeing or hearing too much about Ohio State in the transfer portal, which is where everyone just assumed they were going to strike when McCord left. But Tyvis, it just feels like we're in this point where the game's coming up and Mm -hmm. they're going to want to see, you know, some combination of you know, either or or both Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholes. Yeah. There's a talented stud coming in and Aaron Nolan. What are you hearing? What are you feeling about the quarterback situation? I just think that they, I, w- I think that they really want to see what they have. I think they don't want to go into the portal unless they have to go into the portal. I mean, listen, Ohio State recruits top talent, top talent in the country. So really a lot of the times your answer is sitting right there in your, your locker room already. You just have to develop them and get them going. So I think they want to utilize this bold practice and these bowl game to see what they have on their roster right now you know with Devin Brown with Lincoln I mean if we would have gave it to Tristan Jeffy a long time ago we'd be talking about the first number one seed in the playoffs but nobody listened to me there um, yeah, that guy <laughs> no but I think that they definitely want to see what they have right now and if if both of them fail then I think that maybe all right maybe they need to go into the transfer portal and I know people are like well guys are committing left and right I think if Ohio State you know reaches out to somebody about transferring to Ohio State they will hold off that commitment and come to Columbus and see what this is about because obviously given Ryan Day's track record with his quarterbacks I mean why would you not want to play for a guy like that the thing of it is (laughs) this was from a couple days ago and clutch points was uh, pulling this from a certain uh, betting provider that Ohio State was receiving a plus 150 odd to land Cam Ward and the Buckeyes were considered the favorites. But, boy, that's it's all well and good to assign favorites to a Heisman Trophy, things that we can all see, and we, we've we understood through time. You know, we saw Jaden Daniels win the Heisman Trophy. We know what it's about. Mm-hmm. We know it's about putting up big-time numbers, mm-hmm. spectacular numbers, and if your team wins even enough, even 9-3, and three, you know, we'll get it done. When another guy is quarterbacking a team that could win the national championship and has no blemishes, and he went 2-0 and against the other guy that was there at the Heisman ceremony. Michael Penix over Bo Nix, I'm talking about. But I don't know how much I could trust some of these odds when we're talking about who's the favorite in, a, in picking up a transfer because who really knows what and what kind of... This is like free agency, right, where you can maybe put some misinformation out there. And again, Ohio State, What the points that you're making, I can understand that. I did. If I were a betting man, I would have thought, maybe not Cam Ward. If I were a betting man, I would would take the field because there's way more quarterbacks out there in the field. If you were to give me only, because we did this on Man Man and Bone last week, Cam Ward, who was the other one at the time, guys, that someone that already transferred to Oregon, who transferred to Oregon, uh, Gabe, Gabriel did. Yeah, okay. Dylan Gabriel. But it was, I think, Riley Leonard of yep, Duke yep. and Cam Ward of, of Washington State mm-hmm. and then everybody else. I would have taken everybody else, but I would have felt in my gut that they picked somebody up. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to count if they get 
a Jebbia type of guy. That's basically the kind of guy you get after the cycle is done, and then you get a veteran mm-hmm. who knows he's not going to play, but wow, what an opportunity to come and you know help some of these other guys out and be a member of Ohio State's football team. That's a pretty cool thing and Dante to Moore end your was, career with. Dante Moore was the other one because UCLA. Brandon Innes. Brandon Innes said that, something about him. Yeah, yeah I, love, video right. out. I love that. We have, a, we have a, a depth wide receiver put a tweet out. <laughs> so there you go. That's the guy. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> but listen, that's what we do, though. Well, I would, it, like to get a guy like Dante Moore, I mean, he's uh, he'll be a sophomore. So like he'll be your quarterback for the next few years. What is that saying about a Lincoln or an Aaron Nolan? Now they got to sit behind these guys for for and miss their opportunity. So I, that's why I think that really they just realistically want to use what they got because I think they they feel like they owe it to the players. Like we recruited you, we want you to be here, and we don't want us to go out and get somebody to jump you. Cause they got to know that, then, right? They, because that's why I they got to know because if Cam Ward is going to visit Miami and then also reportedly Florida State, so mm-hmm. he's going to knock out a couple of the Florida schools down there. Yeah. I'm. I think that's I'm just why guessing he's going to like what he sees. I, <laughs> one or both. Yeah. One or both of those spots. I'm guessing he's going to be okay. Oh, it's kind of nice down here. I think he. I think this bowl practice is huge for for both quarterbacks that's already currently on the roster. Yeah. I. How do you feel about it? I we. I think we were both in line with wanting to know more about that mysterious Lincoln Keenholz. I think he is very underrated. I think that that kid. I mean, I've got a chance to work with the kid, and I just think that he really puts his head down, and he's a grinder. I think that when he got here on campus and he went to you know training camp, I think he was a lot better than they anticipated that he would be. And I think that's why I, I would not mind seeing him. I think he's much more athletic than people give him credit for, and I think that that guy can make some really good throws. So I, if it came down to him and Devin Brown, obviously Devin Brown's been here longer and understands the system more. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think that that competition between Devin, Lincoln, and when Aaron Nolan gets here, I think it's going to be really good. I'm interested for the spring so, game. So, well, you don't – did you say spring game? Yeah, the spring game. Well, what about the Cotton Bowl? Well, I mean, we're going to see the cotton. I feel like we're going to see both of them. I, in the just, I just wanted to make sure you weren't actually referring to the, the cotton ball as a spring game. Because nah. somebody, I mean, it could some, be. Some could say it's a, glor- <laughs> a glorified spring it, game. It's in that not going to be a spring game because their best players is like sophomore. Like they want, they got a wide oh, receiver. Oh, they want to win. Yeah, they really want to win. Good. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, well, hear me on this because I, I've been wondering if this would be doing a disservice to a game of importance like that. And I mean, I know I get a, I get what it is with us Buckeye fans and the level of importance of a cotton bowl, knowing what you wanted to get to, but could you go out there with a two quarterback system because you have multiple guys, you want to get a good hard look at that wouldn't be doing a disservice to the game. Would it, if you really do believe in both these guys and what they can bring you? No, I mean, cause I think both of them will do well on that stage. So as long as it's being productive, listen, everybody knows what's going on right. in the house. They, they know what you're if trying one guy to get. sucks completely yeah. in two or three drives. Yeah. You get him out of there. Yeah. Right? yeah. I think at the end of the day, you want to win this football game because you owe it to the guys who this is their last season at Ohio State. So you owe it to them to go out there and try to win this game so they can at least say, we won the Cotton Bowl as our last game. I completely agree. Now, we pivoted there, so stay with us. The Buckeye basketball conversation is coming. Tyvis actually came in here and had an interesting perspective on what went down when the Buckeyes lost an 18-point lead at Penn State on Saturday to drop to 8-2 and 1-1 and one in the Big Ten on the young season. And 
you get to hear Chris Holtman's own thoughts about it. That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on The Fan. Wake up with the fan, eat lunch with the fan, go to bed with the fan, dream about the fan, then change your sheets. Gross. Ew, you guys are gross, but stick around in case I don't find anyone else. College radio done by professionals. This is the Buckeye Show. You got Timmy Hall, you got Tyvis Powell. Indeed, we are sponsored by our good friends at CareSource. We thank them for sponsoring this lovely radio program you can reach us on twitter slash x at the buckeye show you got something to say to us please drop us a line right there like uh, i just tweeted out tyvis is down 3-0 so far this show <laughs> in papa shot will he mount a comeback ryan what Shock- do you think shocking welcome to the weekends <laughs> hey, ryan, ouch. ryan ouch ryan first of all hold on let's stop let's nip this in the bud right now when me and caleb go at it Typically, is very close. I win. I start off very hot. He ends up winning. Wasn't okay. Caleb a star basketball player in high school? Captain of the Caleb, St. Ignatius basketball team. St. Ignatius? Caleb that's Blake? no joke. Captain of the St. Ignatius basketball. You I'm not that? smart you enough to said? make it up. Well, I, I had no <laughs> right. idea. I well, mean, that's not that's not Bedford Tyvis. That's that's St. Ignatius. Don't do that. I'm kidding. <laughs> don't do that. I'm just messing with you. Come on, you know that. <laughs> I got him. He can't beat me. Caleb can't beat me one on one outside. When it gets nice outside, I have to take it. I got you. Got to school these young kids, man. Tyvis, we're not talking about one on one though. I know we're talking about just shooting in the Papa shop. We so. are like different game. Our record game. is like dead even in there. Not you and me. You no, and not me. us. No, yeah. no, no. It's a landslide. <laughs> At least you're man with enough Caleb, to admit with it. Caleb is like even. I still think it would be fun if you and I got out there for just some good, like old dude one on one. I ain't got just it no more. See what happens. My knees ain't the same. It would be just a bloody mess in the paint. I, actually, I think that's what it would turn. I play. I play turn basketball with Cardell. Almost every Tuesday. You would destroy me and in Cardell, one-on-one. Cardell actually, see, he in better shape than me, which is shocking because when he was here, he's like 300 pounds. But he is in great shape right now, and he actually got a really good jumper. All right. Well, let's talk about basketball. Let, let's talk about the Buckeye men's basketball team because of what they did over the weekend. And I'm riding high off the crew win. Mm-hmm. The, the timing of this was so neat for me because I came in here and – did the warm-up show at 5 o'clock, and, and I get it. Like, I heard everybody, people were frustrated with how this goes, but the, our our uh, our contracts are our contracts. Mm-hmm. And, like, how we play stuff, we do the best. Just know, just know we are doing the best that we possibly can to serve all of you, our yeah. fine fans and our fine listeners. They have something for everybody. So we, we had the crew available. They were over on the other station, and we had some of their pre-match shows, Beam and Austin, and then the pre-match show here on The Fam. Then I got ready for hoops, and then I basically got to watch the rest of the soccer game right up to tip time mm-hmm. for the Buckeyes and Penn State. Nice. And then they started amazing. Oh, tell so you got the about cup it. victory, and then Buckeye hoops is riding high, and they are looking crisp. They are looking pretty. I think you even tweeted about I this. Did. At I did. I did. No, I waited until after half because you know how important I take <laughs> that first media timeout in the second half. The end of the first half. And the start of the second half are two of the most important chunks of a basketball game mm-hmm. to me personally. Mm-hmm. You could talk about how you start right out of the gates. 
I think it's how you close the first half is more important than the I, start I would of the agree first with half. That. I would agree with that. And then how you start the second half mm-hmm. sets the tone for how you are going to finish. And they look good. So that's why I was so disappointed. Oh, they look good. Because they got up to an 18-point lead. They kept doing those things that they were doing at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. And they built on that. But... They lost, okay? They did. And it felt like a disaster. 18-point lead. It stings. It should sting. You you should want to own that. You should want to put sort of a sort of a rule like in yourselves that you can't let something like that happen when you work that hard on the road in the Big Ten. Also, when you're not playing one of the upper echelon Big Ten teams, it should almost be more important. If you went and got an 18-point lead at the Breslin Center and then you lost that. You could understand it because it's Michigan State, but the flip side of that is you've got to grit it out. You've got to grind it out and make sure you come out of there with a W. I don't care if it's by one point. Yeah. If it's one point, then that's that, but just get the win. But before I hear from Holtman, you you know, rewatched it before the show. And yeah. You thought this looked a little bit different maybe than some of the yeah, you you know, know, giveaways last yeah. year or two years ago. Last year when you when they okay, the blow eighteen point league, yes, you're you're upset by it. But the way that they blew it, I wasn't like like last year, they fell on their face a, a bunch of times where it was like, it just looked horrible. I didn't feel like that this time. Yeah, they had some turnovers, but uh, I just feel like. He's not going to have turnovers in an eight minute stretch of the game. Right. Like I'm pointing at Bruce Thornton getting pickpocketed. Yeah. Roddy had a careless yeah. turnover there, too. I just, I, it, when I seen Penn State, the way that they were coming back, I mean, he, they, this Kanye kid went in there and drove in and he made some really tough baskets. The one layup he had with yeah. the AM1. Yeah, the AM1, yeah. that kind of sparked the whole thing. And yeah, they get, it was some threes, but a lot of them, you know, they, they had some hands in the face. It wasn't like they was wide open threes. A couple of them was, but I thought, and for the most part, and then on offense, they came down and they made a couple of baskets, but it, it wasn't like this team just unraveled in the end. And I think that that's a little bit better. And like, no, you don't want to see them give up an 18 point lead, but they continued to fight and they continued to make buckets. They just, it just got away from them. They just started missing shots at the end. And that's, that's part of basketball sometimes. And on the, the Holman radio show today from noon to one. I understand this from the head coach's perspective. He's not going to go negative until he has to be negative about something. This was part of his first comments off the top of the show about the loss. Man, we played so well offensively in the first half. They really, they couldn't guard us. And then into the second half, they really struggled guarding us. And their matchup zone bothered us a little bit from that point on. Yeah, it's, it's, there's some really good things this group is doing. 21 assists. We continue to share the ball at a really high rate. We've had a really solid start to our play on both ends. We just need to continue to get better. The assists were great. The turnovers overall, I mean, overall for the game, the turnovers, Mm -hmm. you just don't want to see the number that high. They do speed you up a little bit, but that's part of being composed, and that's part of having a backcourt that could be as great as Bruce and Roddy, Mm -hmm. and even a third piece like a Dale Bonner who's got some experience. You hope that you're not going to see turnover numbers that that high, even against teams that will try to speed you up. That's part of what you think you can combat. This was more on Penn State's big man, that O'Doyle, hitting them, uh, hitting those threes and hurting them. But they went to just much more skill in a five-man that could really shoot, and we've got to get better at uh, defending when teams try to spread us out. But their, their guards, their backcourt's as good as any backcourt we're going to play. Uh, they're really dynamic. And then they shot it better than they had shot it. Uh, made eight threes in the second half. They had not shown that. They were actually in the high 200s in terms of three-point uh, percentage. They, they made some shots. Yeah, I'm somewhere 
hesitant here, Tyvis. You know, I've said what I've said about I want to see this team, you know, be five games over 500 in mm. Big Ten play yep. before we really, like, we're not starting a parade or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, coming off the season they're coming off of, I believe this is a much better basketball team. I agree. Something like that makes me pull back on the reins a little bit, but I also don't think you should end the season. Yeah, no. Before it starts not, spiraling out of control. Yeah, it don't. It's not one of those things that you let the rope go. Like, oh, it's over. Well, you throw the cards in there. I, I'm I, not going to promise that it won't. Yeah, I mean, I'm going mean, to want to see Penn, some things here. Penn State got a new coach. They're trying to figure things out. Me and him went one on one on the tailgate show, and I beat him. But we're not Mike gonna go Rhodes yeah. from VCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah good he's coach actually, there. Yeah, he's a good player, good coach actually. Um, but they listen. Sometimes people just get hot, man. And listen, they were at home in their own environment. I think they were on a five-game losing streak. And listen, they just they hit a switch, and that switch just so happened to come at the right time. Guys hit eight threes in the second half. I mean, that's it's some guys in the NBA don't even do stuff like that. So it is what it is. Part of basketball. A little bit of a break midweek. Maybe that's a good thing right now. Then the CBS Sports Classic against a blue blood UCLA facing Mick Cronin's team Saturday afternoon at 3. Coverage right here on the fan starting at 2 o'clock. The transfer portal makes our eyes pop out again. That and more from the sport we know and love. We'll keep our finger on the college football pulse and I'm about to beat Tyvis and pop a shot. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Here's a listener tweet. Can I tase Common Man in the nuts? Fine by us, but he may like it. Common Man and Tebow. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan. It's time for the College Football Pulse on the Buckeye Show. Sponsored by The Waterworks. Trusted and certified plumbing, drain, heating, and cooling experts. Visit online at thewaterworks.com. Hour two of the Buckeye Show. Timmy and Tyvis, Ryan Baker on the update desk. Just called a clean sweep, Ryan. Four nothing. It's, That's the end of the Papa shot. We're just starting the Ryan second hour. Cheated. Ryan came out there. He threw me off. You know, Timmy, there are some things in life that are surprising, and there are others that are just not. Well, this I, is one of those things that is not. I love, is, a, I love, I love a good producer that's going to come out and come after us after a, a segment and challenge us on our takes. Well, that's what he was doing. He, he could challenging waited, us on our takes. He could have waited till after I shot. I challenged Tyvis on his take. Let's be, <laughs> Timmy. I, you know, you were you were just being there, you know, normal doing what you do. But Tyvis, I was disappointed. I expect more. I like what to call you, a what spade. Do you want from him, I like what do you to call want from a, this guy. So I can't call a spade a spade. Well, that's I, a, don't that's feel, a cliche, I don't feel Tyvis. like you did call a spade a spade. Like I said, you were being an OSU basketball apologist, just like I hear all the jackets. Well, they just, I mean, they shot so well. I don't understand what happened. They hit eight threes. The, ja- the jackets <laughs> that's play 24 points. The jackets play Patrick Wall every game, and that's why they lose. <laughs> they got other issues. Oh, man. That team had lost five in a row, Tyvis. At some point, the streak was going to end, Ryan. Well, yeah, they were playing the Buckeyes. <laughs> Come on. Get on Come with on. it. Get Come on with it. <laughs> Come on. Hold up. Before you. No, no. Hold on. on. Hold on. Hold it. Before he starts, here's the thing. That is the kind of game. And if you were to tell me that I could sign up for the Buckeyes finishing second in the Big Ten, I would sign that document right here, right now. You know, even with the Big Ten looking like it's a little off. It, it is. It's it's a little bit down from what we've seen it with some of the licks these teams have, have taken. Have you seen Michigan State basketball right now after they were picked top five 
to start the year. They're under 500 right now. Iowa's a 500 club. Michigan's a 500 club. There also were wild reports yesterday. I don't know if you saw it about Juwan Howard getting into more altercations with staffers. And there were some rumors that he was going to be gone, but that was debunked. It was just crazy last night reading See, I've seen some of the lot- stuff about Michigan basketball. I've seen stuff today that his resignation is expected by the end of the week. Right. I don't know if that's <laughs> accurate, but some of that stuff was floating around out there. But the point being... That kind of game at Penn State, you don't want it to come back and bite you when you talk about where you are in the standings at the end of the season. I don't want to make the sport of college basketball as big as being about one game, but I also don't want to dismiss any one game either because you put in the work, you put in the effort, you have a lead like that, you'd like to see it through all the way to the finish line, and we don't want to get back on that road. In the tournament, a lot of times they say a loss like that, you need two, maybe three wins like that to get you even with that loss. I will will disagree with that because it's it's on the road. It's a true road game. Tell them to. And they're playing enough. They're playing enough on their schedule where they can get it back. That's all I'll say. It was it was an opportunity missed because there was a streak there that needs to be stopped. Just winning on the road in general in Big Ten play. That was a chance to check that off to sort of change the confidence level of what these guys can do. They're going to have to wait to the next time out to be able to do that. But let's uh, let's go Pulsey. Let's go college football and, and get on with things here. What's up, Baker? All right, guys. I don't think either of these are a surprise, but earlier today, Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman, it was announced that he will skip the Sun Bowl to start preparing for the NFL draft. And then while you guys have been on the air here, it's come out that Drake May is going to do the same and skip the uh, Duke Mayo Bowl uh, to start getting ready for the draft. Guys, my question to you is, are these bowl games ever going to matter again? It matters for the guys that's going to be there. It matters for the Buckeyes this year, I tell you that, because we're going to find out who our QB1 is going to be next year. So I think it's for reasons like that. You have to look to the future. I mean, just think, two years ago, you know, when Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson sat out, we found out about Marvin Harrison. No doubt. Maybe we'll get that. I think that's what these bowl games have turned into. It gives you a glimpse of who to expect for next season. That's a good way to put it, because I guess you'd have to define matter, right? We there's no there's no second game after it. No, but you're watching this transfer portal window go crazy. But what it does and honestly, Tyvis, you could speak to this as the athlete. If you were staying and a certain number of guys left and you felt confident in the strength in your position, Mm -hmm. how much harder would you play knowing that you were 80% at least, maybe even more like 100% if you were the right kind of guy, that you were locked into a starting position at the position you dreamed of playing as a football player, and it's at Ohio State of all places. For me, I would go out there. First of all, it's our fault that people are sitting out out of bowl games. 2015 against Notre Dame, big injuries in that game caused everybody to stop playing so we'll we'll take that that's one of those games yeah yeah but for the reason why it's a big game for guys that's that's going coming back is because they're going up against better talent you know sometimes in the in your conference you go against the the weak teams the purdue's the the nebraska stuff like that and you it diminishes your play this is the one time that scouts can see you up against a team that's supposedly really good because they match you 
with a team that's supposed to be as good as you in these bowl games, then you'll get to go up against a different type of opponent that might end up being a draft pick one day, and you can boost your stock that way. I mean, you're talking about a guy like C.J. Hicks would think that this is a really, really important opportunity. Yeah, right. pretty much. You look at the defensive line, you'd look at guys like Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson, a guy like Hero Canoe, if he's going to get in there and get some pops. Really important stuff. Still very important for Sonny Styles mm-hmm. to keep building on what he's done. Yeah. Jermaine Matthews Jr., some of these other cornerbacks the freshman that could be the American. next wave. Yeah, it, it, it could be big. It just matters what kinds of ways would it be big. What's next, Ron? Guys, we've had a lot of movement in the transfer portal, but one kid that is returning to his school and not leaving is the Big Ten's leading rusher, Rutgers' Kyle Manungai. Manungai. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I am rooting for him next year to have a great season because I'm sure the money was out there and people wanted him to leave Rutgers, but he's staying at his school, and I appreciate that. Well, uh, thank God I got to cover Rutgers this year, and I got to learn some things about him. You know, he he wasn't highly recruited out of high school. Actually, Rutgers, they had to kind of beg Rutgers to take him, and it's a good thing that they did, and I think that, you know, he seems like he's a loyal guy. You know, they they took the chance and gave him the opportunity to play D1 football, and he's become really good. And I think that because they were the only ones that gave him that opportunity, he just wants to stay loyal and, and finish his career there. I mean, he's doing some really great things there. I think he loves what Greg Schiano's doing with that team. He's got them finally bowl eligible. He was a part of that. And I think he wants to try to make it and take it a little further, another step further before he gets out of there i mean he's got a great game plan great offensive line why not stay well if you're if you if it's already working why 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 leave i would tell you that is a hell of a trivia question with some of the talent that was here in the big 10 exactly kyle manungai is the leading rusher in the big 10 when you think of blake corm you think of braylon allen shoot you think of travion henderson mayan williams coming into the year they was hurt didn't Travion grab a first-team All-Big Ten? He did. It's unbelievable. With all the games and the stats that he missed out on, what, is, what did that say? He's about first, he was first-team All-Big Ten? By, by at least one. At least media one. Media or, or AP coaches. or co- yeah, media coaches. One, one of them, at least. Travion Henderson nabbed a first-team All-Big Ten, which is astonishing for how much time he missed. And that uh, says a lot about what that guy can do. But... Being available is, of course, a big thing, and not just college football, but in football in general. You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. Let's get one more here, Baker. <laughs> Tyvis, I'm glad that you covered Rutgers, too, because that's how I know how to say Kyle Manungai. You told me, so I appreciate that. Alabama five-star wide receiver commit Ryan Williams is reclassifying from the 2025 to the 2024 class, so he can head to Bama early. Do you think this is good for kids? Not particularly, no. No. I can't I can't say that it is. What? It's gonna be different for it's gonna be different for everybody, but I'm more of the there's no need to rush here. You're going to be a star athlete, then you're going to have the three years to prepare yourself for the NFL. I don't know if rushing through high school is something that I can sign off for. I'm not even going to say that you're rushing through college, but the fact that you get to chew off that year, if you really are ready and prepared at that point in time, it's my personal opinion. I just think it's a bit much. And if 
I'd be speaking as a dad if that were something that my son were looking at doing. I know we'd be having conversations. We have a lot of conversations about is that the right thing. I'm actually on the opposite side of that. I'm a total opposite. I think it's a great thing because when you play this game of football, you, you have a it's a shelf life. I agree with that. You know, I do. You, you have a window here. And if you can sneak one more year in professionally because you decided to leave high school early, then I'm for that. I think that one extra year could matter. So I'm for these guys leaving early if they feel like they're ready, if their body's ready. If there's not, their body's going to get ready from the strength coach. And I think it just comes from a maturity thing. You have to grow up a little bit faster, obviously, being in college. But I think that it helps you get to your ultimate goal, which is the NFL, and it'll allow you, instead of retiring at 29, you'll retire at 30 because you'll have one extra year. So I think it's a it's a good thing in that, that aspect. Mr. Old School took one on me right there in that discussion. One more for these eye-popping numbers in the portal. You guys thought I was a psychopath in the past? You have no idea. Timmy, you're talking about the Texas A&M story here. That's a lot of guys. That's a lot, yeah. a lot of guys from one recruiting class, Baker. 12 of their 32 member. Now, two of those were transfers uh, as well in that recruiting class that transferred into Texas A&M. But 12 of their 32 member, number one ranked 2022 recruiting class, have already transferred or they are transferring. Is this a a sign of things to come in our NIL transfer portal world? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And... You know, Ohio, who's to say Ohio State is not going to have a year that gets close to that? If you look at their 2022 class, I think they're sitting on five right now, Ohio State. Well, they're up, and they're up to 15 total in the portal right. now with Will Trell Hairston joining today. Will Trell Hairston. Yeah. You don't say. Yep. Running back from Maslin. I think he was like a preferred walk on, but he's transferring. How many Buckeye fans do you think knew he played on the team? I don't think any. The players <laughs> not like one, huh? The players like him. <laughs> the players like him, though. They were all tweeting support for him. Tyvis, what will it take to slow this down? What's it going to take to slow it all down? That look. That was a hell. <laughs> that was a hell that of a look. look. You guys could have seen. Wow. The eyes he shot me. Very judgmental eyes. <laughs> um, what's going? Kids got to stop caring about all this damn money and nothing else. <laughs> There's more to life. Than money. You got to let the NCAA suck all that money out of you. Greed, I tell let you. Let them greed. have the greed. Uh, the NCAA is the greedy bastard. What's going Not to, you. What is it going to take? It's going to take a plethora of kids failing at getting a, finding a new home. If that, that would stop people from doing it. Because right now, you know, you hear all of these success stories about, oh, Joe Burrow left Ohio State and he went to LSU and became one of the Heisman. See, Justin Fields leave Georgia and he went to Ohio State and became great. Here are all these successful stories, and I think that's what's the the most attractive thing about it. That's a good point. Too many poster boys right now of it working. I saw a really interesting point made about the NFL by one of our local reporters that could have saved C.J. Stroud yesterday. Share that with you next. It's the Buckeye Show on The Fan. Unlike your deadbeat uncle, we'll never leave you stranded in a ditch when you were six. This promo may have been a touch too specific. The preseason, midseason, offseason. We keep on rolling. You've got the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall, Tyvis Powell. Happy Monday to all you fine Buckeye fans. Ryan Baker back there producing things. We've been having some fun tonight. Kind of in this period in December where... You don't even know what the next couple of weeks are going to look like. You know, it doesn't even feel at this point 
that the bowl game is right around the corner. But, you know, you you brought it up, Tyvis. I think by the time we get to it, there's going to be more intrigue than there would have been because Kyle McCord left. I think everybody would agree with that, especially if they don't make some kind of splashy move in the transfer portal for a quarterback. Then even more so because you know pretty much you're moving forward with Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholes, and Air Nolan coming in. He's still coming in regardless. Well, yeah, I mean, this... I think all the Buckeye Nation is going to look at that game because they want to know who the quarterback is. I mean, Kyle McCord has packed his bags and left town. The starting quarterback has left town. So what are we going to do from here on out? Like I said, Ryan Day's resume is he's produced nothing but first-round quarterbacks. Kyle McCord is the only one that's probably, unless he becomes a first-round first round quarterback next year, he's going to be the only one that walks away that wasn't one. So... At the quarterback position, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of, you never really worried about because we never had to worry about it. This is the first time in a long time where it's like, do we even have the right guy? So everybody's going to watch this game to find out if these guys can indeed make the plays because you're going to have talented wide receiver. You're going to see Carnell Tate, who's a, who's a receiver of the future. You're going to see Jalen Ballard. You're going to see Brandon Ennis. All of these guys, you're going to see what the future of Ohio State looks like for next year. So... There's a lot to talk about with the league yesterday, and we never really get a, a great opportunity to do that on this show. And you keep uh, a watchful eye over the Cleveland Browns with your work on the pre and post game show. And even saw you here at the fan studios taking advantage of the Browns booth there with the big Jim Brown poster it was in nice. the wall. Dropped my pen there. but Very nice. Uh, before we hit on that, I saw Jeremy Birmingham, who's been on the show many times, covers Buckeye football recruiting. And he had a little thought bubble. He was watching some games yesterday, and I've always thought the same thing. This is what he said. I think NFL teams do a poor job of acknowledging when a game is lost or when a game is a lost cause. There, that's the proper way he said it. Mm. And protecting their assets. There's no reason that C.J. Stroud should have been on the field at that point in the fourth quarter without any of his weapons against the Jets. Live to fight another day. We knew that was probably going to be a tricky game going in. But I can understand with how bad the Jets have been that they were throwing Zach Wilson back out there. You could even tell Robert Sala, their head coach last week, when asked about Zach Wilson, he was like, we'll see. You know, one can hope. Like, is he going to be the starter for the rest of the year? He did not say, heck yeah, he's our guy. It was time will tell type of thing. But no tank Dell. That was a rough injury for the Texans to to take Mm -hmm. with the rapport that they've had there. And going into a a place where it's tough to play getting later in the year and a good defense. And you could just feel one coming. Maybe like there had been too much success for CJ Stroud. Not to say that you can predict an injury, but when you're getting harassed, when a defensive line is firing off the football injuries come from being harassed and being hit around a lot. And it wasn't so much the hit, but the fact that his head hit the turf so hard Mm -hmm. that put him into the concussion protocol but I I mean, I have long noticed, I think we all have, the NFL is very different from college football and when you will pull starters out. Why do you think that is? Is it just the pro aspect of the game? Yeah, I mean, you don't never want to show that you've given up. You know, I think that that's in the nature of the game. This is the, the best amongst the best. And you always feel like you got a chance to coming back or you want to work on things. You know, maybe it's a certain situation that hasn't been able to come up over this the course of this season that this time is perfect. Now I can work on it to be better for moving forward. And on top of that, CJ is a, is a rookie. 
You know, obviously they've played this many games, so their his rookie card is pretty much gone. But he still is a guy that still needs to develop. He needs to know how it is now that he won't have Nico Collins. Now that Tank Dell isn't there, he needs to build chemistry with these guys. And the best way to do that is over the course of a game. You'll find it in practice, but when you get in the game, people tend to move differently. So it's about developing that chemistry with these guys, these new wide receivers that you're going to have now. And hopefully next week or the weeks coming upcoming, you'll be better and have that chemistry down. You're you're making good arguments. You're almost pulling me to your side. I can I can tell that. <laughs> I, no, I mean I can tell that that's how you you agree with that too. You're not just playing devil's advocate there. Nah. You're getting paid to play, yeah. so play. Even if the game is over, the game's not over because there's minutes on the clock, and you are playing for next week. This is not some, and not to say that college football is a hobby either, but. Mm-hmm. This is not some club thing that we're doing. This is the freaking NFL. Yes. And we're out here to play. Tom Brady takes the snaps all the way to the end of the football game. Correct. And kneels down on the football yep. when it's done because I'm the quarterback, unless not somebody else. Unless it's like 42 to nothing. I think even then we can find several examples of the Patriots <laughs> killing people. I guess you go for it. And he's not out. No, because seriously, it's like you just... So eloquently put it back there. Got to figure it out. That's how they. That's how it operates yeah. there. It would have. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Like I, I get both sides. Like I, I understand the frustration. It's just been. It's one of those things. It's just been different for whatever reason. I think there's a lot more. I guess here's the other thing too. With college football, you are always trying to build towards the future yes. because you never know how long you've got these guys. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it's kind of ridiculous when we see that there's some rumor. It's baseless, right? But. A couple reports have flown with this twenty to twenty-five million dollar figure for Marvin Harrison oh, Jr. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get the hell out of here. One, <laughs> one, it's laughable to think that you know that is even there. That money's even there. And two, if it was, it's laughable to consider paying it. And that's no offense to Marvin. Not saying that he's not worth it, but you're not giving that to a guy who you know for a fact is giving you one more year. In the NFL, it's different. If you want to lock into a 10-year contract with somebody like the Dodgers and Shohei Otani because they love what the guy is, and these are the pros, this is what we're meant to do, what we're born to do, this is where we're going. Marvin is not long for college football. He's going to another league soon. It's called the NFL where he'll live out the rest of his days. I don't understand why people think... For a player, I don't understand how this money can make you feel comfortable to come back, you know, because... It's too many variables when you when you plan on coming back for another season. Who's to say Marvin has a good year next year? Who's to say Marvin doesn't get hurt next year? I mean, he battled injury for the past couple of weeks. I mean, couple of years here with ankle injuries and stuff like that. Who's to say that things are going to go smooth? Who's to say that you're going to beat the team up north next year? It's too many variables to all of that. One thing that you know for sure that's guaranteed is that you're going to be a top five pick mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. You have to strike the iron when it's hot every single time. Want to pull rank here and keep some NFL going. We can make a connection to the Buckeyes, can't we? But can we talk about the number one story of the day, the thing that happened with the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> the last night? The we got to talk about that. <laughs> I can't believe there's so There's so much to talk about oh, with that. I can't believe he's it. ready to go. We will do that next. Timmy Hall, Tyvis Powell. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Your morning just got beefier. Morning Juice with Beamer, Bobby, and Shark. Weekdays from 6 to 9. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. <laughs> Tailgating is a state of mind. You are listening to The Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall, Tyvis Powell, 
little bit of a reaction Monday going on here with the NFL heating up as it charges towards playoff time. You had the Browns and the Bengals victorious. Bengals with Jake Browning. Woo-wee, man. 34-14. to Dominated the Colts, and that's after they gave up a two-touchdown lead going into the halftime break with a wacky pick six where Browning threw the ball a little bit too far inside, and the tight end just kind of aided the interception almost by keeping the ball off the ground, almost like he handed it right to the to the Colt that then house-called it, ran it in for pick six. Cleveland was not as easy, not as easy of a victory, but Doug Peterson, with all of his fancy uh, ideologies of going for two-point conversions, yeah, made that game so, a little tricky. That was so weird. That was a little... I understand I get it, where he's like, going. It's weird. Because if you think about it, like... The the going for two when you're down fourteen, I I'm okay with that one. You're you're playing to win. It's also that too. And when you're going for two, you're telling everybody you're playing to win. And so then if you can make that two point conversion, you're only down six, then when you score your extra points winning the football game. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't, you still have a chance to make the second two point conversion. Analytically, you're thinking we can get one out of two at least. So I understand that. But when they're down 31-27 after they score late and they know they have to get the onside kick recovery, they're going for two again. You would think because if you get the onside kick, there's not going to be a whole lot of time so to score a touchdown. So you might need to be down by three so you can maybe put a 58-yarder through yeah, the uprights, yeah. but whatever. Uh, yeah, it's, he. it didn't matter. At the end of the day, it didn't matter. But. You flacoed my cracko and you won the game. So that was good. Flacco my cracko. Mm-hmm. Wow, I've never heard that one. Oh, it's a thing, man. <laughs> you learn something thing. new every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> Flacco, my cracko. They played pretty well and put up big numbers. I mean, 311 yards, three touchdowns. They threw the ball 45 times, throwing it a bunch over there, but they got the victory. They got it done. They did get it done. I mean, like I say, it, it, it wasn't the prettiest game. Um, I thought Joe Flacco, for the past couple of weeks, he's looked really good. Um I think he might be the first quarterback this season to throw 300 yards for the Browns, which is shocking. He's only been there for three weeks. Um, three touchdowns, though. He's finding guys. I mean, David Njoku, he had the drops, but he was catching the ball yesterday. And David Bell, the Purdue guy, guy that became an afterthought. People kind of forgot he was even on the roster. And the one play, man. One, the one his play. first career touchdown. He was smiling the whole way, so I was happy. It was nice to see that. But that defense, to me, is the story because the past couple of weeks, they have not looked the same. But I thought they was able to get after the quarterback. They ended up coming with up coming up with like three picks. Martin Emerson had two of them. G New had one. It was good to see that because the say the corner play has not been great since Denzel Ward has been out of that lineup. So it was nice seeing guys step up and make plays. All right, the big the big game yesterday. The big one, Bills, Chiefs. Wild stuff. I I mean I I wanted to talk about this game all night. Just with everything that was going on and to see Patrick Mahomes just unravel like that emotionally He's really a- was shocked was it shocked me and i know like some people have been talking now since this has happened last night so it's getting people to want to talk about other things but I, I think for the most part patrick mahomes throughout his career has been he's been a professional and when you win like that you are going to earn more right it's like you earn skins on the wall right mm-hmm. you you've won two super bowls you've been mvp you're going to get some calls. And he's also 
he's so football savvy. If you watch the Chiefs a lot, you know that he always knows what the penalty is going to be. Always. Yeah. You watch his body language. He knows what the penalty is before the ref hops on the mic to say what it is. But what happened last night, and I think that's why he was so upset, because he knew it was a penalty. And you know what we're talking about when Kadarius Tony is lined up off sides as a wide receiver and one of the slickest plays where on the day Frank Wycheck passes, yeah, the Music City Miracle. That was very sad to, to read that, by the way. But Travis Kelsey rips that ball back. He's a ballsy tight end. He's the kind of guy that would do that. And ironically, didn't he throw it to Tony? Tony. He threw the ball back to Tony, 20 yards, you know, beautiful lateral, legal play for sure. Only thing that was wrong is what was illegal is Kadarius Tony didn't even start the play the right way. It was doomed before it even began. Wiped the touchdown off the board. And how hot Mahomes got over it did what I'll call him on and hold him accountable for is he lost his composure to such a point that he took second and 15 and they basically lost the game because of it. I think they were two in their own heads. The pressure is the pressure, whatever the Bills did on second and third and fourth down. But I think Mahomes was so hot and bothered about it, he was just seeing red and couldn't play football after that happened. You know, that that's a common mistake that a lot of people make. And it takes a very special athlete to be able to shake that off. I mean, think about it. You just did. You just, your, your tight end just pulled off one of the most miracle plays that you've ever seen. And it was unbelievable. And to see it get wiped off, your emotions is into it. It's like, man, like we had it. Like, and it's so hard when you had it and everybody celebrate and the penalty comes out. It's so hard to snap back and be like, okay, we still got to go out there and get it done again. Because in your mind, you've already celebrated. You've already went crazy about it. And it, like I say, it's a common mistake that a lot of, of athletes make. I can think of so many examples where that's happened, where guys just kind of forget to play the rest of the game after something bad happened. And he got to get, he's got to be better for that. And it's sad because they've had, you know, this is by, I think it's two weeks in a row because with the Packers game, they had, uh, they had some missed calls at the end of the game, a missed DP, uh, pass interference. So it's just been built up frustration that oh, you I mean think the Hail Mary. No, no, no. The one, the, uh, Marquis, the, the Marquise no, Valdez. Okay, okay. Were you thinking of the previous week, too, where there was some consideration for calling a flag on Kelsey in the end zone on a Hail Mary? Yeah, that was the same game, the Packers game. Yeah, I didn't think but it I'm was. But I'm not talking about, not that, talking about that, that play. Okay. That, it was like You're two, talking about bef- two plays earlier, okay. MVS was oh, wide open, and it was mil- blatant pass mil- interference. I mean, he played right through his back. Yeah. Played blatant. right through his back. So I but think- there was a bogus they got a call on that drive, too. They did. They got a call on that drive, too. They called but, uh, a personal foul, lay head out of bounds on Mahomes, and he was not out of bounds at all. Yeah, they did. But I think for <laughs> him, know. it was just that week, last week, and then this happening. It, it, it was just a lot of frustration that was built up that he just unleashed. But that was that was an insane. Two weeks in a row. But that was an insane level of unleashing. Two weeks in a row. You don't really see... Big-time leaders like that go nutso, all right? That's my point. That's reserved for guys that are the Draymond Greens of the world, right? Good players, but not the absolute dog of the team, not the star player of the team. Do you agree? I just didn't I just didn't think it was a good look. It it bothered I, me a little bit. I've seen He gets uh, the benefit of the doubt because everything he's done in the league and Kadarius Tony is a bum. 
Look, that guy so, is a bum. Let me give you. Why an ex- do you bring him in? Let me give you an example. Why? Let me give you an example. Remember when the Cavs were in the finals? Okay, and George Hill missed the free throw, and J.R. Smith got the ball and ran around. LeBron, oh, LeBron yes. went insane. The finals that they lost <laughs> yeah. easily. LeBron yeah, not, went insane. not when they beat the Warriors. LeBron went so insane that they forgot to play the overtime at all. They didn't even show up for overtime. He did. Yeah, he did. So okay. So all what right, makes right. this different? I think Patrick didn't quit. He didn't let up. I, Patrick went ten times more insane than what LeBron did in the I, the play that you're describing is a very famous play. There's memes of it. Everybody knows what you're talking about. And he did. He was mad at his guy. You know, Patrick. I mean, Patrick was wrong. That's my problem. If you want to, I wouldn't recommend it either because you're the leader of the team and it's not a great thing to do. But it happens, right? We've seen Peyton and Jeff Saturday want to rip each other's heads off. Mm-hmm. You've seen great ones go at it. Mm-hmm. It's it's passion. The guys want to win. It's competitive. But LeBron's going after his guy for being stupid. Go after your guy for being stupid. Don't stay on that ref again and again and again. It was a blatant offsides. He was covering up the ball. A, it's such a call that never gets it called. It never gets called. And the refs <laughs> say, hey, like we would give benefit of the doubt unless he's blocking never, our view of the line of scrimmage. It never gets called. <laughs> like that. I know. And Andy it, said what he said about been in the league 40 years and first time without getting a warning. And, well, and to the, they're all just mad that it happened the to them. magnitude of that play. That's the thing about referees. You never want to be that referee the magnitude that changes of the, play, the game. But the magnitude of the play, all right, it... The flag, yes, the flag came the flag out before the play. The was the first thing that happened. Uh, yes, that's We're true. Done. But the play's done. I would have waved it. I'm not going to lie to you. Stop. I probably would have waved it. Ryan, what do you got? Guys, I literally <laughs> just saw a sideline view of this play, like right down the line of scrimmage. And it doesn't look like he's offside. And Tony comes up and he has his hand in the air pointing towards the official. And then he takes two more steps forward and never looks back at the official. So it's on you, dude. Wow. So he does do the hand. He does, but he's still in. He's, he's still, still going moving. forward. Yes, he's not like l- actually looking for the ref's cue. He was he's looking, just, and he kept moving. But he didn't look just, to see what the ref actually said back to him yes, or and, motioned back to him. Yeah, and he's looking right down the line. You can tell you're ahead of the ball. <laughs> it's really boneheaded because he's t- in tight formation. He's very close to where the ball is being snapped. You should just know. I'm, oh, Kadari, my goodness. Listen, Kadarius anyway. Tony next week, if you got him in fantasy, he's going to have a monster game. All right. The very best with the Bucks on the social fronts tonight. Hashtag Buckeyes coming up next. It's the Buckeyes show on the fan. We're the girthiest radio station in the history of radio. Uncomfortably girthy. This promo is uncomfortable. The fan. Ohio's girth destiny. <laughs> If the colors scarlet and gray made a sound, that sound would be this. This is the Buckeye Show. Rolling along on the Buckeye Show. Back to it in just a second. Before we do anything else, it's time to highlight this week's winner of the United Healthcare Small Business Sweepstakes. Throughout the season, United Healthcare helps us shine a spotlight on small businesses in our neighborhoods across Ohio. And this week, we're pleased to talk to John Flieger from Home City Tent and Awning in good old Springfield. John, thanks for joining us. Congrats on the win. Tell us a little bit about your spot. Ah, uh, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're over here in Springfield. We've been over here for 120 plus years now serving our community, doing the uh, the tents and awnings and all your party needs for uh, your outdoor events, uh, your weddings and graduations and 
tailgate parties and what have you for over here. Always a useful need. Indeed. Now, John, I understand you checked out the Minnesota game. Did you use some of your own tents and awnings or you mentioned tailgating? Did uh, did owning the company come in handy for checking out the Minnesota game? Well, I didn't come in. I mean, we didn't uh, we didn't do anything as a vendor over there, but uh, I was obviously eyeballing the uh, hospita- hospitality tent that we were invited into. And <laughs> uh, the uh, I, I noticed that the manufacturer was as one of the same ones that we use over here. So uh, we're in good company. The things you notice, right? What's your website there, John? Yeah, we're at www.homecitytent.com. That is beautiful, and I understand you do some Santa Claus work on the sides. You're very busy this month. John, that's very cool. Congratulations on winning this little prize from United Healthcare. We had a great time. I'm telling you, we uh, we definitely got the VIP treatment, and I know my wife was just totally mesmerized. She got to do her own ramp entrance right before halftime. So she got to watch, watch the band from the Buckeye sideline. So she's, uh, I think that's something that she didn't know was on her bucket list. Oh, that's very cool. We're glad you had a good time. John, have a great holiday season. Take care and go Bucks. Go Bucks. And Buckeye Nation, if you're a small business owner and want a chance for your business to be next in the spotlight, enter the small business sweepstakes now by going to ohiostatebuckeyes.com slash UHC. And Tyvis, it is time now to finish some things up with some tags. Social media can be a cesspool. Allow us to navigate the waters. Hashtag Buckeyes. Sponsored by Green and Sons. Visit Green and Sons online at greenandsons.com. All right, man, I'll go first. I'm looking at something from Stuart Mandel. Everybody knows him, covers college football, uh, very big in the reporting scene. He had this thought bubble about NIL. He says, everybody assumed that NIL would become the, quote, rich get richer. But by all accounts, it's not Georgia slash Ohio State slash Michigan throwing crazy money at guys. It's more the programs with boosters desperate for respectability or in Phil Knight's case, a national championship when you're talking about the Oregon Ducks right there. You agree with that sentiment? It's not like Ohio State's been throwing nothing around, but it's not like they feel like they've got to you know, get 25 to $50 million to go and throw in a guy's left and right. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that, I think that when you think about Ohio State or these prestigious uh, colleges, I mean, you know what you're going to get. Like, I think it's a healthy balance. You know, when recruits come here, I think that players understand like, yeah, okay, you're, you're at Ohio State. Maybe you're not going to break the bank. No, maybe you're not going to get the million dollars or whatever the case may be, but you're still going to get a, a decent amount of money in your pocket. And on top of that, you're getting developed by some of the best. You're getting a chance to play in the national championship. You're always probably going to be in it now that it's moving to 12. So you always got that opportunity that you're going to be able to win a national championship and you're going to be seen by a bunch of draft scouts. And like I say, these guys have been doing a great job of developing NFL talent. So I think with that being the case, the, you don't have to throw them all this extra money to get them to come here because you're getting a happy medium. You're going to get paid, but you're going to get developed as well. There was another book today, and this was from nine hours ago. We talked about this on the show already, how Cam Ward and B- Baker, do you know if this Cam Ward report came out afternoon? Like how old was that when we found out that Cam Ward is going to take visits this week to Miami, Florida, 
and also Florida State. I'm honestly not sure. I know there was talk, uh, Scotty and Bids were talking yesterday about the odds he Florida State was high in there, but I don't know when the report was. Yeah, the the odds here, Florida State's a seven to one, so not as high. Miami's eight to one, so they're in the mix, but uh this one from Sports Betting AG, Tony Gerdeman retweeted this. Cam was one to one to go to the Buckeyes. Mm. One to one. <laughs> so basically will be a Buckeye, but Done deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need to hear and know a little bit more, right? <laughs> like, he's going to make a visit. He's going to come to Columbus. He's going to Florida as far as tomorrow is concerned. I haven't seen or heard anything about it, so. I know. And you guys, what time are we talking about that? Six o'clock hour? Yeah. We're having that discussion? No. Just about, yeah. So, when you guys go to the podcast, if you were not here in the six o'clock hour, we broke this down. And Tyvis, you know, who who has his hands on a lot of pots, you know, said what he said, what he thinks about how this Staff wants to look at these QBs that they got in the building. And they got the Cotton Bowl coming up. And you got Devin Brown. You got Lincoln Keenholes. You got a stud quarterback coming in that's very mobile, that can do things with his legs. It's it's curious time these next couple of weeks. Because if they stand pat, a lot of these dudes will be gone. <laughs> they'll, be make, they'll be making their decisions. So you yeah. will be making your decision. Pretty much, yeah. Hmm. They got to figure it out. All right, man. What do you think about these Monday nighters? mirroring each other monday night football games at the a, same time i'm not afraid what is the game it's miami and tennessee and the giants versus and the packers who? i guess that's like it's it's not like a game that's like you know that's gonna blow your socks off like i must see it so maybe that's why they felt the need to mirror the two because it's like both of them <laughs> both a of couple the, of meh games yeah, you kind of <laughs> everybody kind of knows who's gonna win i think the packers one is a little bit more interesting to uh, yeah, I, they're yeah. six and six. Yeah, There's life, it, and the Jordan Love thing is starting to look good. Could be happening right now. I mean, this they would just be a beat big Kansas, win. They just beat Kansas City last week, so let's see if they can continue that momentum. And maybe he is the guy that the Green Bay is looking for. Is this right? East Rutherford, New Jersey. I mean, the games at MetLife Stadium, as mm-hmm. as you know, where the Jets and Giants play. Tickets as low as thirty dollars for wow. the Giants Packers tonight. What the Giants think? Yeah, but they're four and eight, and you're they're the Giants. They the stink. Giants in New York. I they, get it. I get they stink. They stink. Danny, Tommy, Liberty, <laughs> DeVito, living with mom and dad. I know, but hey, he's uh, he's their guy right now. Well, Tyvis, thank you so much, man. And like we said, anywhere you get your audio, do not do not forget download the Buckeye Show podcast. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. See you tomorrow, bud. I cannot wait. Baker, thank you so much. Monday Night Football, Danny DeVito and the Packers next on The Fan. One, two, three. Here in The Fan, it's always football o'clock. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, Browns, and all the NFL games you can handle. The Fan.